Hello, friends. I'm pleased to tell you that the Art of Fitness t-shirts are now up. If you go to www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com, it's the first thing you see. Just click on the image of the t-shirt and you could purchase one. It has the Art of Fitness logo and spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, not necessarily in that order, but you'll see it when you see it. Um, So those are available for purchase. And as always, Anytime you're doing any kind of Amazon shopping, if you go through my portal link on theartoffitnesspodcast.com, a percentage of anything you purchase will go directly in supporting this podcast. So please do that. And as always, if you go on iTunes, if you rate this, if you write a review, that helps me in some way that most people are still trying to explain to me. So please do that for me. And thanks. I'm Steve Serbis, and this is the Art of Fitness. Hey everybody, welcome to the Art of Fitness. I'm Steve Serbis, and today I'll be talking with Kristen Reffitt. Kristen is a 29-year-old CrossFit athlete, originally from Evansville, Indiana. She's been living in Nashville for the last six years. She has a BA in accounting, an MBA with an emphasis in accounting, both from Murray State University, where she ran cross-country and track. And she's also a member of the 2015 and 2016 CrossFit Games team champions, CrossFit Mayhem Freedom. Kristen and I get into a lot in this episode. We talk about opportunity. We talk about sacrifice, the pursuit of happiness. We talk about accountability. And um, she's a competitive human. She understands what is necessary to fulfill her goals. She's proud to walk the path less chosen. And she's a mover. She's an adventurer. All right, friends, let's get to my conversation with Kristen Reffitt. Kristen. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up? How are you? Thank you for coming on The Art of Fitness. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Steve. What do your days look like these days, man? You're, oh, you're man. on CrossFit Mayhem Freedom. And um, what are your days looking like right now leading up to the CrossFit Games? Uh, I'm sitting here. It's 4.30 our time. Just got done training. I'm be honest i'm completely smashed right now um I'm, should i ask what did you do today let me let uh, me ask what did you do today man i mean yeah. we're gonna get into this into the questionnaire but you you sound like you like uh like rich froning beat you with a stick so it's, let me let me just hear what happened honestly today wasn't that bad but when you go into the day already smashed anything is pretty bad so yeah rich beats us up day after day and this time of the year with two weeks to go before the games it's it's just an everyday uh, grind at this point. It doesn't really matter how you feel, but you just got to keep training. So um, we probably did start off with a team at Con with the worm. Um, everybody's legs were nice and sore, but we still did worm thrusters and assault bike. Um, and that was a nice way to start the day. Then we did team workout of heavy cleans, ascending and weight, and heavy snatches, ascending and weight. Um, with the squat involved in both of those. So that was really fun. <laughs> um, not my favorite thing to do. And then we finished it off with uh, a nasty chipper of 
a lot of dumbbell overhead movements and handstand walking and um and it's just hot here it's hot and humid here so yeah what's the what's the weather like in in cookville i don't even look anymore i probably like terrible it's like you know it's not the worst it's been but it's probably low 90s with some decent humidity and when you spend Uh, nine to five outside it kind of wears on you oh my god well (laughs) i guess you know that uh that gets you ready for the games it definitely does do you think that um, that Wisconsin will be different than California? Yeah, you know, I, I know we keep talking about the you know, Matt Hugh and our team. He's we call him Weatherman. Uh, he's always looking at the weather, um, yeah. but he's been checking out Madison, and he keeps talking about you know the high percentages of rain and the high humidity, which you know, I think we do have a good advantage training in humidity. But with that rain, you know, we're not as spoiled as we were in California, where you just knew it was never going to rain. I feel like. Right. We'd be silly not to expect to get rained on this year, this year. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I, I spent a couple of summers in Wisconsin nearby Madison, and uh, those summers get pretty pretty awful as well. I bet. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, not as awful as probably what you're dealing with on a daily basis. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think that you're, you're prepping yourself for the elements you're about to face. I um, hope so. So you're in... You, you live, you, you don't live in Cookville, right? You, you so, live in Nashville, right? So I actually just moved to Cookville, uh, I would say beginning of May this year. Um, okay. But that was a recent move. Um, the last two seasons I've been on the team, I lived in Nashville, which is about, about an hour 15 away from Cookville. Um, so those seasons I would drive to Cookville, train with the team for however many hours I had available that day, drive back. Um, and those two seasons, I also had a full-time job in Nashville. So, um, most days looked like getting up at, you know, four, three forty-five to four forty-five AM working, driving to Cookville, having about a few hours of my day to train, driving back and going to work until nine and then getting not enough sleep and waking up and doing it all again day after day after day. Um, so that was a uh, pretty unreasonable to continue. Um, so I had, um, I had to do some reevaluating before the season to kind of figure out what was reasonable. Cause I just knew I couldn't do that another year is, you know, the lack of sleep with the level of training I was expected to do and the level of work I was expected to perform at my job. I kind of felt like I was suffering in all aspects. So, Um, I took a look at all that and knew that, you know, there's people all around the world that would kill to be in the position I'm in. (laughs) People would pay good money to leave their lives to come here and be on the team I'm on. So I, at, you know, at my age and this point in my life, I figured it's, I just can't give this up right now. So I went part-time this season. Um, so still living in Nashville, working part-time, giving myself more time to sleep and more time to train. And then up about into April, into May, I just kind of decided, you know, I'm just going to give this my full effort. And uh, actually just left my job here in June and moved to Cookville and uh, made this a full-time thing. So now just my days are pretty much nine to five of exercise. So although I'm complaining about being destroyed, I'm, I'm pretty spoiled. You're pretty happy doing that, right? Pretty happy, now, yeah. Now, but the what you left, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't just like, you know, it, this this wasn't an easy decision. This isn't something that you're like, well, you know, I I'm working this shitty job, uh-huh. so this is an easy decision. Like this is your career. You right. you you um you have a MBA in accounting, right? Yes. So yes. I mean, it's like you you have a a career that you you decided to leave. Yeah. What were, what were you doing? 
Um, so actually, the job I left, I was actually working at um, a fitness center um, in Nashville, and I was a fitness coordinator there. Um, it's kind of just a management position, uh, helping run the gym. I also got to teach some classes there and do some personal training as well. Um, but yeah, bef- my prior life before that, I, I got my degree in accounting, uh, stayed and got my MBA, got my CPA. I got a job in Nashville that took me to Nashville doing internal audit there. Um, and Before you go on, yeah. what 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 made you choose that? Because because <laughs> here you are, you know, living this, you know, I'd like to think of it as living a life of adventure where, uh-huh. you know, you're just completely physical all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's just a huge juxtaposition to what you studied. And yeah. w- what made you go with accounting? And yeah. what made you ultimately say, you know what, I want to I pursue um, physical culture as a mm-hmm. lifestyle instead of numbers? So uh, the, the Reffitt family has a long line of accountants in it. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> so going into college, I guess I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And, you know, to both my brothers, my dad, plenty of uncles, plenty of cousins, um, all studied accounting and, and lived that life. Um, so, you know, since I didn't know what I was going to do, my dad just highly recommended that, you know, pick something you basically can get a job in and take care of yourself in. And I figured, well, I'll study something that, you know, I've got plenty of connections in that, you know, along the way, if I have any questions or need any help, I've got a big support system there. So I studied that and then kind of always knew in college, you know, this isn't exactly what I wanted to do, but I actually really enjoyed the mental challenge of it in school. Um, so I loved learning it, and then applying it in the real world is where I didn't enjoy it quite so much. And it wasn't necessarily the accounting. It was just I just don't think I'm meant to sit in an office for eight hours a day. Um, something about that just steals my soul a little bit. And I realized I was waking up every morning kind of dreading the day. And I just, you know, like, what am I doing? I'm young 20s. I dread every day, you know, besides end of the day where I get to go work out. It's like, I'm just, there's, there's money to be made doing anything in this world. And I do not need to be spending eight hours of my day doing something I just don't want to be doing. So, um, I promise, I told myself, okay, stick with it for two years, you know, for resume's sake, you can't, you can't quit a job for two years. And I made it a year and a half. I'm like, I'm over this. Like there's more life to be had. Let's, let's do right. something else. So at that point I decided I'm going to, you know, fitness is what I love. So let's, let's pursue a career in that. And, um, I've been doing that ever since. And been so much more happiness and you know I get to affect people's lives on a daily basis there's meaning in what I do um and so yeah that's what I've been doing the last about I had that job for about three years um completely loved it um met some great people along the way so leaving that job that I kind of built up and you know kind of made some sacrifices to have that job was a very difficult system for me yeah, well, you know, I mean, high five for making that decision. Life's, life Thank decisions you. aren't easy, and no. especially when you decide on on uh, leaving something that you love and to do something else, but um, and then pursue a life of fitness. When when did you s- start? Uh, when did you join CrossFit Mayhem Freedom? Yes. Um, so I started CrossFit in general right after college. So two thousand summer of two thousand eleven, I started when I moved to Nashville. Um, did it, you know, full on there, loved it from the start, dove right in, um, got into competing right away, that whole jazz. So made it, qualified for regionals a couple years there. Um, and then the whole uh, Rich Froning going team announcement happened. And it was kind of always like the joke. Uh, I felt like within the gym, like, oh, you know, like, what for just you? I'm like, what are you talking about? That's 
he's never gonna ask me <laughs> like I'm in Nashville I don't know him um that's silly and then uh, lo and behold I late December uh right before the season's about to start I get a Facebook message from a mutual friend basically asking what my plans were for a season I'm like oh you know I'm feeling really good this season I'm gung-ho on going individual you know I want to see what I can do at regionals and but I'm like I think for a second I'm like wait I know who you know <laughs> um yeah. you know and then so went from there and so just a couple days before the season's about to start um I get in contact with Rich and he asked if I want to be on team I'm like uh, absolutely as long as I can make it work logistically because I'm sure you know the the rule book states you need to train at that gym over 50 percent right. of your training so with a full-time job in nashville um and i didn't know what their training schedule was like it was you know kind of just trying to figure out can i be there when you guys train to make it worth everybody's time um but i kind of was willing to do anything to make that work <laughs> you don't say no when rich froning asks you to be on his team yeah that would probably be a bad idea yeah <laughs> yeah so, so so you said yes and how did you make that work at first yeah. Um, I, I mean, was it like, you know, you would bounce in here and there or was it like, OK, here's my training schedule with you guys. How, how did it how did it look on paper? Yeah, it's I mean, it's a constant challenge uh, when you have six people, you know, trying to coordinate times to train together. And I know most every other team out there struggles with even more than we do with most athletes having to have a full time job. Um, but he uh, he said basically, you know, we train you know, nine to five more or less every day, you know, make what you can. He's super understanding, super flexible. And I was totally lucky that my bosses at my work weren't like totally behind it, totally supportive of this. And uh, the fitness center I worked at was open from five to nine. So the, you know, the shifts were flexible to where I could, you know, work early, work late or whatever that might be. So I could spend time in Cookville and get back and make it work. So I was, I'm lucky to have support on both sides of that to make that work. So I would, I would come in and like I said, I can only usually give a few hours of my day training with the team at that time. Um, but when I was there, you know, we'd try to get in what we could team wise doing team workouts and make it worth that rest time before I had to get back. So. That's cool. So now l let me, let me just go back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so while you were at Murray state university, you were a, um, you were, you were in cross country and track, right? Yep. Yep. So did that translate? I mean, were you always an athlete your whole life? And then that did that translate to uh, CrossFit sport or was yeah. it something that, you know, y you were a runner? And uh -huh. then you, how did how did you how did you get into this pre uh, mayhem freedom? Yeah. So I've, I've been an athlete my whole life. I've always been basically outside running around playing sports. Uh, my dad kind of got me I'm the youngest of four um, and all my siblings played sports too so I kind of grew up you know watching them we would my dad taught me you know took me to the track when I was really young and started teaching me how to pace um, so I started doing you know little kid mile races when I was you know just a tiny thing with goal paces trying to hit it so I've kind of had a big advantage with pacing and running my whole life um, and then was also pretty competitive with basketball and soccer and just whatever I could get into. You know, as a little kid, I thought I wanted to play for the Cubs when I grew up, not knowing better. Um, so <laughs> I've always been into sports. Um, and then in high school, I kind of dialed it down to focus just on running because I knew that I wanted to get a scholarship in a sport to could help me with college. And kind of running seemed to be the best option for me at the time. Um, so yeah, I did cross country and track in college. And then um, wasn't the best at it at college, uh, you know, kind of like anybody, you're decent in high school, you go to college and it's kind of a game changer. 
Um, but I always kind of looked around and thought, man, I wish I could compete in these girls that I'm racing against in something a little more athletic besides just running because mm-hmm. I felt like I could athletically beat them in some things. But when it came to just running, you didn't need to be the most athletic. Um, and then so as soon as I saw my first CrossFit video, which just happened to happen after I was done competing, I kind of like, oh, yes, this is it. Like, this is what I'm looking for, you know. Yeah. You can be, just like you were with running, you can be out of breath and dying and sweating on the floor, but, you know, you can also lift weights, you can walk on your hands, you can do all these athletic movements that I've just kind of been deprived of um, my whole life. So I was all about it once I saw that first video. Um, so yeah, I jumped right in. Uh, as far as translating, I would say running translated really well to some things and really poorly to other things. <laughs> um like I always had that advantage of kind of understanding pace and knowing the general time domain of a workout. If I know this workout's going to take me 15 minutes versus 20 minutes versus whatever, I kind of know how what my pace should be to start that workout and how to handle my breathing throughout it. That's a huge um, advantage. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think a lot of people don't have that going into it, and that's kind of a hard thing with CrossFit. You kind of <laughs> it's easy to start too hard and just hit a wall. Um, yeah. Even when you know your pacing, it's still easy to kind of do that. So. I've always had that advantage, but, you know, I never touched a barbell before CrossFit. So, you know, the, whenever we were in college and going to the strength room, we'd, the, the strength coach would have us on foam rollers. That would be our strength. Oh, so, yeah. you know, coming in with the, I remember, I think my test, my back squat, you know, first week of CrossFit, it was like 115, you know, <laughs> yeah. I have, yeah. I have, I've, I've always had a long way, long road ahead of me in the strength aspect or, or explosion or fast twitch aspect. And then what is it now? Uh, same story. <laughs> it's <laughs> not 115. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, but it's, it's pretty it's pretty far behind the playing field. Um, I, you know, last time I tested, it was like 225. It's nowhere near competitive. Um, but my teammates like to make fun of me because I'm able to hit mini reps at close to my one rep max. <laughs> but yeah. my one rep max is pretty pathetic. And that's kind of the same with all my lifts. I can... If so, you know, in the competition, as long as the barbell is below my one rep max, I can play the game. <laughs> but as soon as it jumps above it, then, you know, what are you going to do? So Yeah, man. But I'm telling you that, you know, in this sport, and especially for team, it's like, what, what, do, you, what do you really have? Do you have one event mm-hmm. at the CrossFit Games? No, we maybe, didn't have a single heavy two. barbell last year. That's right. I mean, uh, you we know, had a 125 overhead barbell. squat. That's right. Or, That's it. you know, but, or one heavy movement event, if you're lucky, the rest is sustainable power output, man. Yeah. So, so teams, yeah. teams for me. <laughs> yeah, man. So great. Um, yeah. And speaking of teams for you, so let's, let's, let's go here, right? So you've made changes in your life. Mm-hmm. Y- you, you've told me that, you know, you'd, you'd have to be crazy not to take advantage of this, uh, in, in the one life you got. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Aside from that, why why this team? I mean, what makes this team top priority in your life? Because you've made it top priority in your life. Yeah. So why though? I mean, I mean, I understand about opportunity and taking advantage of opportunity, but you know, I'm sure in your silent moments you've gone back and forth between between career and mm-hmm. and uh, let's face it. You know, even though 
CrossFit Mayhem Freedom, the team, is very successful. There's not a whole lot of money in the team <laughs> aspects uh, of this of no, this sport <laughs> or the CrossFit games. You know, in terms of um, sponsorship and whatever, mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot of kickback. So, you know, but but why? Why this yeah. team? Why top priority? Yeah, there's there's no kickback at all. Um, <laughs> I'm doing it purely out of love. I. I struggle with that question a lot uh, as a, in the personal aspect of, you know, why am I quitting my job when I'm not making any money? <laughs> like I'm not doing this as an investment to, you know, if I quit now, I can, I'll, you know, we win, I'll, I'll be set. You know, that's, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah. So for personally, it's just out of love, but, uh, you know, it makes it so much easier. And uh, I can't say this enough about our team, but our team is, and it's, it sounds cheesy, it sounds whatever I would say, but our team is totally a family. Um, and we're lucky to doesn't train. sound cheesy at all i mean <laughs> I, no absolutely not yeah. at all yeah and so, you know we're lucky to train together so much that we really get to spend our days together and uh knowing these people i get to spend my days with they are all i mean they they're all sacrificing everything as well we're all 100 on the same page and a classic team mentality you know you would you die for your team uh you push yourself harder not wanting to let your teammates down um so I, when I know they're giving it their 100%, there's no way that I could sit back and give it my 50%, you know, or take it not as seriously as they are. So it's, and that's why I struggle with the last couple of years is, man, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm training about half as much as the rest of my team. It's just like, they're doing all these workouts I'm not doing. And it wasn't like this jealousy I couldn't be. I was like, man, I just like, I wish I could be doing more for them. I'm just not as fit as I could be for them. I don't, you know, I don't want to go into competition and then be waiting on me. Uh, that's the last thing you want, you know. So uh, they make it easier to make that sacrifice. It's great. That, thank you for sharing that. That's yeah. a fantastic answer. And um, so let's go to Madison, right? Yeah. And uh, can we go now? <laughs> do you want to go now? No. Please. Let, let, let's just say, let's just say you guys win for the third year in a row, mm -hmm. right? So you've, you've won in 15, you've won in 16. Going back, you win for a third year in a row. What does that feel like? Just as cool. <laughs> They're all unique experiences. And um, this might sound weird for an outsider, um, but for us, we never go in thinking we're going to win, expecting we're going to win. We want to win. We hate losing. Um, but we don't second guess any of our competitors or potential workouts up ahead. Uh, nothing, you know, we're confident individuals, but we don't go in, you know, expecting this. So we want to win every single workout. We want to crush every single workout. We're kind of never satisfied almost, you know, we think we can always do a little better. Um, so at least like speaking for myself, the last two wins we've had have both been completely unique experiences and um, completely amazing on their own for different reasons. Well, that's awesome. You know, I, I wish you I wish you all the best and the best of luck. And thank you. You know, sometimes it's like when you ha when you see these teams on the top and I'm just this is just for me. I'm not talking for anybody else. But for me, when you see these teams on the top and I'm not going to mention any just because I don't want to piss anybody off. <laughs> right. And I'm not just talking about CrossFit. I'm talking about in the world of sport. And these teams are on the top and they stay at the top. You know, there's a part of you that says, man, I wish somebody would beat those assholes. <laughs> you know what that's I mean? Fair. But yeah, but I got to tell you. 
I got to tell you, I, I never feel that way about watching you guys. Wow. And, and, and the reason is because I could see that, um, that you guys are in it for one another and, and doing it for each other. And I could see that you guys are absolutely killing yourselves to be better and better and better and better. And it's just, it's really hard not to just have the, the utmost respect for what it is you guys are doing down there. Wow, that means a lot. Thank you. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. And um, one more thing. One more thing before we yeah. get to the, uh, the questionnaire. Um, I'm, I'm going to quote you. You say that uh, you think you're most proud of the fact that you try your best to make life decisions in the pursuit of happiness. Yes. Even if this means taking the path less chosen. Now, mm -hmm. not many people get to do what you do, right? Right. However... What would you be doing right now if you weren't on CrossFit Mayhem Freedom? Yeah. Um, so I'm um, actually the plan is after this season uh, to move. Um, and I'm going to move to Colorado. Um, so actually during college, two of the summers while I was in college, I got to work out in Estes Park, Colorado, uh, just a summer gig out there at a YMCA, uh, but just completely fell in love with the place. I've always been a fan of the outdoors, hiking, climbing, biking, anything and everything, playing outside. It's kind of always been my passion. Um, and then living out there for two summers, just like, man, this is where I need to be. Um, and that's always been the plan was to move out there after college. And then you know, getting a job at a college during the recession was hard enough to do, which took me to Nashville. Nashville's been great to me. Um, everybody there, I, 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 there's no reason to ever leave. Everybody's perfect down there. My life was great. Um, and my life is still great. And I'm kind of, I go back and forth thinking I'm crazy to leave what I have behind right now. But um, three seasons with the team has been great. Um, I kind of just feel like I'm at the point in my life where I, I feel like I've done all I can do here. Um, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, you know, if we win this season, you know, people were like, well, why not a fourth? Um, and I agree, you know, why not a fourth? But I, I've always a person that wants to continue growing in life. Yeah. And I think that's why I, I've changed careers. Cause I kind of, I don't want to settle. I don't want to be content. And I feel like I've done all I can do here. So I, I'm kind of ready for that next adventure. So as far as what I would be doing besides what I'm doing right now, I think that's kind of getting some adventure back in my life. Um, I love competing. I love CrossFit. I'm never going to stop CrossFitting or competing, but you know, I miss, you know, when you compete at this level, my nine to five is working out. And at the end of the day, yeah. I don't have any more energy to go rock climbing. I don't have any more energy to, to do anything else that I just love doing. Um, and I'm also in the back of my head, always afraid when I do those things that I, I, was, I can't get injured doing this when my priority is competing. So right. I kind of just want to get a little bit of adventure back in my life um, and play a little bit more. All right, man. Yeah. You ready for this questionnaire, Chris? Let's do it. All right, let's start with section one, the physical. How many meals do you consume in a day? Yeah, um, I'm not sure if you know the running joke with Rich and Mayhem, but we tend not to eat during the day, um, which was very difficult coming into because I love eating probably more than anything. Um, so, so I myself make sure I have a good breakfast before going into training, and then I'll pack my bag of snacks uh, so I can kind of nibble on something throughout the day. But you know, as of right now, I've probably only had, I want to say maybe 900 calories at this point of the day. And it's about Jesus. 5 p.m. here. 
and my goal calories are somewhere around 26 to 2600 to 3000 so i'm about to basically not stop eating until i go to sleep so you just so, backload all calories yeah not really on purpose but that's just kind of like what keeps happening <laughs> i think uh, if, I, if i didn't if i didn't work if i wasn't busy training the whole day i would have my normal three to four meals but yeah it's kind of hard to eat when you're just training in a barn all day long <laughs> yeah, in, in 100 degree weather <laughs> yeah you know the last thing you want to do is sit down and heat up a meal yeah right so well. in, per, in percentages of fats proteins carbs do you know your macronutrient breakdown or do you just kind of shovel it in at the end of the day? <laughs> unfortunately I'm, I'm past the days where i just get to shovel it in um as uh -huh. sad as that is that's my favorite thing i so i started working with a nutrition coach after this past games uh mike malloy uh he is my nutrition coach um and he basically talks me off the donut ledge every day. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've got to, I've got to stay on my nutrition game. And then I'm, I should have done this sooner because not only, you know, aesthetic wise, but performance wise, it's made a hundred percent difference um, in my recovery and my ability to consistently train hard. I'm you know, actually PRing things again. Yeah. Um, so long story short, you know, my macros, somewhere around longs of 20% fat, 25% protein, 55% carbs. But on these big, long, hard training days, he's been uh, thankfully upping my carbs a little more and more. So that's Give me a little fun. extra. Yeah. Yeah, good. And uh, so you don't eat throughout the day, so I'm going to skip that <laughs> question. And uh, how <laughs> – this is a question right here. How often do you train in a day? Is it nonstop? <laughs> I mean, is it yeah. like from nine to five? Is it nonstop, or do you guys do it in chunks? How how how? Every day is every day is a little different. You just basically you know pencil that time of your day to dedicate towards working out. I mean, we're not working out nonstop nine to five. That's absurd. Uh, but it just kind of depends on how motivated we are that day and or how beat up we are that day. I should say, as to, you know, how long it takes to get started. Um, like we were pretty lazy this morning because I think everybody's a little destroyed. So we didn't do our first workout until, I don't know, 11, 1130, maybe, maybe uh -huh. before we even got to it. Um, every day's a little different. So between those times, sometimes yesterday we hit it pretty hard. I probably did, I don't know, five or six different things, whether those are Metcons or conditioning sessions or lifting sessions, whatever you want to call them. Um, who knows? Sometimes it's a few, sometimes it's a lot, sometimes it's one long thing. Yeah. A little bit of anything. You never know. You just kind of show up and then we just make stuff up as we go. But it's absolutely varied down there. That's You totally. guys are just doing it on the day. Do you guys walk in with a program or is it like you guys are tossing this up on the board and saying, hey, let's do this? Mostly tossing up on the board. Uh, we we have a swim coach, Jenna Becker. She programs swim workouts, typically at the pool for us, two times a week. So we'll do those. We usually start our days when we're going to swim. We start with that. It's kind of an easy way to get into the day. And then Chris Henshaw programs us track workouts or running workouts for aerobic capacity a couple times a week as well. It's the same thing. We usually, if we're going to do that, we'll start the day with it. But then after that, it's kind of all up in the air. Um, some of us follow different strength programs or we usually follow the same thing. So that's a little structured. But as far as Metcons and throwing other elements of strength in there, accessory in there, it's just who knows you never know you just write on the write some ideas on the whiteboard we'll come up to something and just do it whether it's <laughs> smart or dumb it just happens nice well it's yeah. all work right it all yeah. it all adds to the pot it's you know i think you know you can't solve crossfit so is you know coaches provide a valuable thing to a lot of athletes but to think that you know you know what you're programming 
for you to, we have no idea what we're about to do in here in two weeks, no idea. So I think, I think mentally our approach prepares us for that, just to kind of show up and have no idea what you're about to do for the day. I think you need to earn that though, Kristen. I mean, yeah. I think that you need to, yeah, because I agree with you for you and for the people that are, are at your level. Um, but there, there absolutely is uh, an efficient way to take uh, to go from zero to one. You that's know? that's absolutely true. Good point. And, yeah. And you know, however, you know, you guys are roaming around down there at level ten, and <laughs> by then, you know, what what really is the code for a level ten? It's just continue to throw tests at you, right? Yeah. And I think you know, for how many workouts we do a day, we're not going to miss any movements or any elements of our fitness. So. You know, we're getting it all. We're checking off all the list every week. Um, so we're not neglecting anything, I would say. Awesome. All right. Section two, the mental. How would you describe your state of mind while training, in training? Um, I think through my experience in training, the more I can shut my brain off, the better I do. Um, you know, t- typically when my brain starts working, it doesn't always go to good places. So um, unless, you know, the team aspect that, you know, you're feeling good that day and you can tell your team's not feeling good, then you can, it's kind of your job to step it up and be that person to, you know, keep everybody motivated, whether it's through words or through actions. Uh, but typically just shutting my brain off doing the work has, <laughs> has been the best for me. Excellent. And if you could liken your mental state in competition. Yeah. To to a type of organic or inorganic substance, what what would it be and why? Um, this is bland. I, I would say it would probably just a rock for the same reason. I don't. The less I can shift in my mental state, the better. The less I can think about what I'm doing, the better. You know, typically you go in with a plan, or at least at regionals, or you kind of have an idea of how you should attack something and. I always find, at least like when running races in cross country and track, if I just shut my brain out and just executed, those are the races that I did the best when you kind of cross the finish line and don't even really realize what just happened. Yeah, great. Imagine this scenario. You're holding a baby in your right arm and a cooler holding a vital organ to be delivered to a loved one in need in your left. You come to a canyon. The only way across is via zip line, which requires one of your hands to hold on with. What do you put down <laughs> and what do you take with you? The baby uh, or the vital organ? Nice little like ethics questions almost. Um, of course, you want to cheat the scenario and save everybody. Um, right. That's not the point. Um, so basically, you're asking, do I, do I save a life of somebody who's probably lived a decent amount or do I kill somebody? <laughs> especially somebody who hasn't even had a chance to live. Um, uh, in my belief, I would, I would, I would keep that baby alive. Um, yeah. I'm going to go straight to my answer. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and try to okay. cheat the system. Yeah. Uh, I can't, you can't, you can't kill somebody. And that's essentially <laughs> what you'd be doing if you left the baby behind. I know you're killing the, the human by not giving the vital organs, but you know, they've also had a chance to live their life on, um, which is, uh, you know, something to be thankful for. So, that's an honest answer. Very yeah. good. So a news broadcast just reported that the Earth is going to be struck by an asteroid the size of our moon. Although officials have known about this for some time, those bastards haven't told us. And the <laughs> asteroid is predicted to hit within 24 hours. This will mean a certain end for our planet. How will you spend your last 24 hours? Uh, 24. 24 is not really enough to 
do a lot of things i would say or like you know kind of bucket list style you can't really go yeah. accomplish things you wanted to accomplish so 24 I mean, you, hours you I know think if, I would... if your idea is to go to australia you're pretty much wasting the clock yeah you're i'm sure airports won't be running either um right. i would i would try to spend as much of that 24 hours with my loved ones i think and probably uh eating as much food as i possibly could as well <laughs> load it up yep this is a two-part question when is it essential to lie and when is it deplorable to tell the truth yeah um I am like super black and white and I am probably a fan of honesty to a fault. Um, so I, I don't think it's ever essential to lie. It might not go over well, but I think the truth is always the best answer. Um, deplorable to tell the truth. <sighs> kind of the same, you know, honestly, actually I just listened to Alexis's podcast and she had a good idea that, you know, you probably shouldn't ruin somebody's childhood by telling them that Santa Claus isn't real uh, if they ask. So I'm going to, I'm going to copy her on that one. All right. Um, who in history, real or fictional, would you describe as resilient? Why that person? Um, I think I've got, I probably have two answers and their answer is just people close to me. Um, you know, I think my dad's one of those people who, I've just, I've never seen him get knocked down with anything that he didn't get up from and persevere through. Um, he's still, he, he's crazy he, in, a, in the nicest way possible. He's yeah. still out running a ridiculous amount of miles <laughs> every day. Uh, I'll talk to him and he said, you he does, you know, he just did 20 miles on a Saturday or something like that. And he's, he's dealing with like Achilles problems, knee problems, like IT band problems. The guy's... And in his mind, you know, it's like, well, I'm, you know, I can either run or not run. I'm just gonna, just gonna run. I'm not gonna not hurt at this point in his life. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's that's really admirable, <laughs> you Sounds know, like hurting and continuing on. And to that same token, I think, uh, not to brag on Rich, he doesn't need it, but <laughs> man, that guy is also. I, no matter he, the things he's beaten his body up with and can handle, and just keeps going and keeps going. I've never seen him get knocked down and it's that's always a motivator it's nice motivating to have that right in your face every day that no matter how tired or beat up you are it's like he's he's doing like 10 more things a day than i am i i can yeah. handle this it's awesome section number three the emotions what is your idea of perfect happiness um i totally believe that happiness is a state of mind um so no matter where you are, what you have, or what you're doing, I think happiness can be found. Um, so I think I try to think of that every day when I get up. It doesn't really matter where, where I am in life, but I can choose to be happy. And, and what, what does that choice look like in your brain? I mean, yeah. say, say we're, you know, say it's, you're, you're planning a vacation for a year, right? To Puerto Vallarta. And you get there, and there's goddamn monsoon. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's only a three-day vacation, and you're stuck in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're going to choose happiness. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't die in that monsoon, <laughs> so that's a good thing. Um, yeah, you, I think there's, it could always be worse, and it's not hard to see that if you really look around, that your life can always be way worse. And, that, and you know, I just try to look at the things I have and not the things I don't have. That's great. 
What is the opposite of fear? Um, I would say confidence. Nice. Please finish this sentence for me. Love is blank. <laughs> the best and worst thing in the world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what recurring trait do you notice about yourself that makes you angry? Um, probably kind of going back to that honesty thing or just it being a little black and white that I think sometimes I'm a little too logical and have a hard time maybe with my emotional side or being sympathetic when I just <laughs> think everything should just be the way they the way it is and get over it essentially. And then you regret feeling that way? <laughs> yeah, you know, some people don't always take it that well. <laughs> gotcha. So in relationship to other people, you're telling people not to be a pussy, basically, and then you're like, oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> basically, that's, yeah, that's a perfect example. <laughs> okay. When, when do you experience sadness? Um, I think when I let myself down or let others down, I'm not performing to my abilities with, I mean, any aspect in life. Mm. Tell us about the last time you were genuinely surprised. <laughs> um, so <laughs> probably just maybe a day or two ago. So Dre Strom at our gym, the media guy, uh, and athlete, regional athlete as well. He's been doing day in life videos of everybody on the team. And I didn't really want to do a day in life video because I like my privacy and my life's not that exciting. So I just made the whole thing a complete joke. Um, and in this PC world, I thought maybe some of the things in my video might have offended some people, uh, mostly my mother. And I got a text from her <laughs> the other day saying she thought the video was hilarious. So that was a shock to me considering Part of the video involved me not wearing clothes, blurred out, of course, and uh, playing with the Glock that I won at the games last the last year. Nice. I, I was afraid that might not go over too well with her. You know what I wanted to ask? I, I'm so glad I'm talking to you. So you won the Glock, right? Yeah. All right. So how did how did that work legally? I mean, did you uh -huh. have to did you have to present the fact that you had a carrier's permit? No. So the... okay. So. First of all, I'm like the worst person with guns in Tennessee. I don't know what's going on. Uh, they basically gave us a piece of paper at the games, and it's like, you've won a free Glock. You can pick from this long list of Glocks which one you want. Okay, I don't really know what that means. Um, but, you know, it's <laughs> essentially, in my mind, essentially just money sitting in my hand. So, yeah, I'm going to go get my free gun, and, you know, maybe I'll sell it. Maybe I'll keep it, whatever. Um, I've shot a gun maybe once or twice in my life. Not really into it. Um, I'm not pro-gun or anti-gun. So I go to the gun store <laughs> and give them my paper and I pick the, I was like, I, you know, which one should I get? What's one's the most, uh, has the best resale value, I guess. And so they picked one out for me and uh, maybe a couple months later they call me and say, all right, your gun's in, come get it. I'm like, okay. So I go to the gun store and <laughs> they, they bring it out and they're like, is this the one? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> sure. That's my gun. And then like, I'm, I'm an idiot. I don't really know what's going on. I'm like, so do I just take it? And they're like, um, no, you have to do a background check. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I took about 10 minutes background check. I pass. And then I'm like, well, can you like just show me how the gun works? Cause I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and they like kind of brief me on it. And then, you know, we're checking out. I had to pay for the background check. And they're like, do you want to buy any, any ammunition today? I'm like, absolutely not. Like you should not be selling me ammunition. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. You should make me take a one-on-one class. Um, so that's, that's still the plan. I still haven't shot the gun. Um, Rich and some of the people here are going to shoot, show me how, but I'm still planning on taking just a, a gun 101 class. But yeah, I walked out with the Glock and 
Uh, <laughs> I haven't used it. I don't know what I'm doing with it, but I'm but you safe sold with it. it. I haven't sold you, it yet, no. Well, that's good. Don't sell it, man. Keep that. That's that's a trophy right there. Yeah, if, if anything, it would, I guess self-protection isn't a bad option for me. But I was wondering because, you know, in New York State, it's handguns, it's like a total pain in the ass to get a yeah. handgun. I mean, way more than you probably deal with. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know... Uh, it's a, it's a whole process, and I feel, I feel like that's probably an okay thing. <laughs> yeah, you know it is. It it is. I I guess I agree with you. I I agree that it is. But I was just wondering how it would work with you know winning it at yeah. the CrossFit Games. But uh, thank yeah, you I think for I think people that. like Katrin couldn't take it because they're I believe guns are illegal in Iceland. So for for those individuals, <laughs> I'm sure they would rather just have the money or whatever that might be. But yeah, Tennessee, they're just handing them out to whoever. <laughs> Who wants a gun? All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. Um, okay, back back to the question okay. here. What, what word or action incites a feeling of disgust in you? Uh, disrespect. You know, disrespecting others and anything, beliefs, who they are, anything like that is I have a hard time dealing with. And now you have a gun, so people better not be <laughs> fucking around. That's right. <laughs> I don't know how to use it. <laughs> All right. All right. Section four, the spiritual. <clears throat> what is your definition of the spirit? Um, that's a hard one for me. Um, all my spiritual beliefs tend to stem from nature. Mm -hmm. um, so just the power of Mother Nature is where... I would find any of my spirituality. Awesome. And what happens to us when our bodies die? Here's my logical answer. I think we just decompose. All right, great. Name one event in your life that you can most closely describe as a miracle. Um, probably, that's hard. Um, probably just the you know, births in general, the, our ability to create humans is pretty miraculous as a species, um, as humans being, human beings go. It's, it's a pretty amazing process. Yeah. When do you feel most connected with creation? Um, when I am deep into nature and uh, probably in a scary situation in nature when I realize that I'm pretty insignificant in the sense in that, you know, the, the storm up ahead or whatever it might be, or the, the train up ahead is greater than me, but uh, I'm still definitely a part of the whole thing. Do you put yourself in those situations a lot? <laughs> Not on purpose, <laughs> <laughs> but it happens, yes. <laughs> nice. What is the thing that is the closest resemblance of absolute truth for you? Um, it's a hard question. I think these all just keep going back to nature. Um, the, the absolute truth is that, yeah, it's that the, the earth is greater than me. I'm insignificant, but I'm going to enjoy my time on it. Awesome. And final question. Why do you feel you were put on this earth? Super easy question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I was put on this earth just to play. Enjoy it. Enjoy everything I can with that, with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Kristen, this is a great questionnaire. Great questions. Yeah. Th well, thank you for having me. It's been fun.
Dude, so fun. Thanks for coming on. And before you leave, how can the audience connect with you? What's your what what is your handles? Yeah, um, social media is where wore me out. Like I'm I'm bad with it. So, so best way to find me is uh, the one thing I do is Instagram these days. So uh, it's K Refit on Instagram. Um, you can find me there, message me there, I'll respond. Awesome. And do you have anything coming up other than your third uh, appearance at the CrossFit Games that you'd like <laughs> the listeners to know about? Ah, uh, you know that's it. Yeah, that's it. Just the games. Well, we want to check out the day in the life thing now that we know that you are nude on it. So <laughs> it's all, it's all blur, blurred out, but uh, you how should do, enjoy it. How do we find that? Uh, so if you go to CrossFit Mayhem's YouTube page, you'll be okay. able to find it there. All right. Awesome. And before you leave, final thing, parting words for the audience. If you could plant a seed of inspiration, what yeah. would you say? And life is just way too short to be doing things you don't want to be doing. So uh, if you're unhappy, change it. Awesome. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on the art of fitness. I wish you all the best of luck at this year's CrossFit games for a three peat. Yeah. Thank you. You got it. Uh, thanks for coming on and good luck with everything and let's be in touch. Yes. I would love to. Thanks Steve. Oh, okay. Take care, buddy. All right, bye. Bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Fitness. If you did, please subscribe, write a review. Also, go to www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com, scroll down, and do all of your Amazon shopping through the Art of Fitness portal. It would really help support. Thanks a lot.